Welcome to 20th Century Geek. Welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and today I'm being joined by a special guest. I've got Bryn Kurt Hammond in today with me. Hiya. You doing alright? Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. This is uh, Bryn, you're the author of a book coming out later this year, uh, yeah. The Complete History of the Howling. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, you've got some other books, you know, yeah. you've already got some other stuff on uh, on sale on Amazon, yeah. and we'll plug all that later okay, on. Okay, brilliant. Um, but you're here today to talk through... We're going to special, focus in on the howling, and uh, uh, we'll talk about those. But we will, we will kick off with uh, more about you. How did okay. you get into writing? Uh, I began writing when I worked for a newspaper called The Chronicle and Echo, and I saw how stupid that newspaper ran themselves. And I mean, where's that based? In Northampton. Oh, okay, so I, yeah. Yeah, so I worked there, and, well, my boss spent most of his day... Um, gambling and I saw how easy it was to write an article so I went from there to um, running GZ magazine I set it all up myself within the space of a month and then yay well an entrepreneur that's what it takes and sometimes you just got to step up do your own thing so you've gone from that so what what was the uh, the name of the magazine GZ magazine Gorzone oh so it was that sort of thing so it was horror orientated yeah so we sold 200,000 worldwide from 2005 till 2011 no right. 20 that sorry it was 20 the end of 2010 yeah but the last issue was released 2011 yeah but it was the february edition but it was january yeah i know yeah because you get those sorts of things yeah we worked one month in advance so who month. did you work on that with then um it was my well i owned it with my business partner mm-hmm. and then yeah we were doing it together and we had Lots of various different people. Exterior, writing for us. So you sort of brought people in to do articles, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Excellent. So Robert that's Pierce, you... actually, he was a brilliant writer. He writes for Starlog and Sci-Fi. Yes, now. I think I know so that. Yeah, 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 he's been brilliant, yeah. Oh, excellent. So, uh, some of the people that started off there have gone on to do really big stuff. Like Christian Sellers, he wrote Return of Living Dead Companion. Ah. So, yeah. so you've got all those people that got good contacts yeah. in the industry, really, so good writers now. And so to kick off that yourself, and to last mm-hmm. for how many years was that? It was from 2000, I'm not very good at that, <laughs> uh, 2005 till 2010. Okay, so about five years. Yeah. And for print media, that's actually pretty good. It is, yeah. That's not bad at all. Yeah. It didn't go bust, everyone says it went bust, it didn't, me and my partner split up, mm. so the comp- it was a lot of in-house policies, yeah. politics, so it just made it difficult for me to continue so, yeah, that. so it folded within a matter of a week yeah so things happen yeah, didn't they i mean it this is the thing it's it's but we never went bust i was stressed that yeah, yeah, yeah it was going strong yeah. it was doing well it was we were selling more than we did the month before yeah so if it wasn't for the situation that was going on behind closed doors it would still be going still be going on. yeah so did you, have you still got all those a copy of all the ones you've produced i didn't, didn't keep them <gasps> so too many memories so i was like yeah yeah okay well that's a fair so, point yeah yeah that's, well, that's really I awesome. have a few of them, so mm. the ones which I liked. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. So you went from that and you've done some... Um, I, don't know, I don't remember that magazine, actually. Did but you? I, did, I, I might even have a few copies in the attic. <laughs> uh, you went on then to do crime writing. Yeah. So you've done tr- several true crime writings. Because uh, I've got the one here. Yeah. Um, the Brittany Murphy Files. Yeah. 
You did... How many of these have you done? Um, I originally did um, Kesvin Medran and Nikasim Files, which was re- released by an independent publishing company, Yeah. Um, which I wasn't satisfied with the final edit. Mm. So after my contract ran out, I got my rights back for the book and pulled it from sale. And then, so that's originally the first book in the series because it's got nobody yeah. involved that were telling me what to do from the or previous re-editing one. it. So, yeah. So this is actually, because you've got this uh, Miami my, Fox, yeah, so that's, that's who's also helping you and doing your... Yeah, that's my company with my business partner. Oh, okay, so you're so, Miami Fox Publishing. Yeah, so Excellent. Excellent, that's fantastic. I was enjoying that. Cause, uh, so what, why, before you get into horror then, why crime writing? Is that another passion of yours? It is, eh? So it's, I'm not very good with my imagination. I, find, I would find it exceptionally difficult to write a book from scratch um, and having to create a story. I just, yeah. Because um, of ADHD, I haven't got a long attention span. So, but with stuff like the true crime, reading through the autopsy report, the police files, mm-hmm. I found it interesting. So, that, and I've, I've constantly got the ID channel on. So, yeah, it yeah. just felt an easy transition. Now that sounds great. I mean, it's, it's true crime is, is is interesting. I mean, it's another thing that's sort of taken off, really. Yeah. And I think um, uh, it's one of those again. That I think. Podcasting has helped. Mm. You know, it's, it's, and, uh, um, you know, you get criminal and um, yeah. um, what's the other one? There's been a couple of now that I've been listening to. There's um, quite a few podcasts. I was watching one the other day, which is called Oh, I don't know, I can't remember. But they do documentaries on certain individual mm. cases that are still unsolved. So, but I can't remember it is. But there's loads of them. So, there's, it's, like I say, mm. Netflix has done a couple of the staircases yeah. recently, and, yeah. and to make a murder and stuff. And it, it's there's a real fascination in it. There is, yeah. um, and uh, I don't think really it seems to have gone away. It's cheap TV. So. It is, but also it's it's one of those things of uh, the, the, you know it's it blends quite well with horror in a weird way mm. because it's a reflection of us, yeah. the, the society. It is, um, and I think there's always that question, and, and that, you know if someone you know can commit that yeah. act then you know that's a it's dark it's it? dark and mm. it is it's true so so yeah so that sort of scratch the itch for you yeah. and you sort of managed to get into yeah. that and, and i love well i actually didn't before Brittany murphy i didn't really know much about it. i'd interviewed her twice before because she started in cherry falls so i went mm. to the press oh, I like that much. yeah i loved it so and i met her on two occasions so because of that i knew what type of person she was when I first met her mm. and then many years later when I watched met her and when she did the Across the Hall and she was a totally different person so I, I found that interesting that somebody can change within five years yeah and in what way was she different then she was dead so she was there but yeah, she was yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah. really there so and her eyes were completely glazed yeah and... it was terrible like mine today yeah. <laughs> but um, no she did was totally she was a totally different you got different vibes from her yeah, yeah. so before she was really bubbly and upbeat and then the last time I met her she was dead and right, the lights were on no one was home yeah, so, I, I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's an odd thing because it seems to be you know especially with these sort of um, you know, like the Me Too movement yeah. and other things coming out Hollywood can really chew people up and spit them out. It does. And I think, you know, you think of Brittany Murphy, as you just said there, but I also think of like Lindsay Lohan. Who, Demi Lovato. Yeah. So, these people that have really, you know, mm. they probably went in, you know, wanting to be something yeah. and it's really uh, broken them. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I'll be fascinated to read more about that. Yeah, I think it's excess. And <clears throat> when you work in those circles, they'll give you whatever you want. So mm. it's easy to be able to cipher the one cocaine and then they can access it's on, really it's on quickly. Tap, like, yeah. yeah. So it's it's sad. So 
I do find it interesting as well for some of this because it's, it's um, the, the, uh, there's a documentary recently I, I need to watch it really but mm-hmm. it's the story of like Jim Carrey right okay and his sort of um, fall from grace yeah mm-hmm. and it's fascinating to see how he's pulled himself back and a, a, the big part of that was yeah. playing Andy Kaufman in, okay. in, in, in you know, Man on the Moon right and he says he, after he started playing that character and doing that mentality he couldn't pull himself out yeah. But he had all the people around him, like you say, that were saying, mm. "No, you're fine. Keep going." Yeah. And it was... It's easy to churn them out though, because um, I've been on photo shoots, and I won't name the person's name particularly. I'll tell you later on. Well, yeah, off air. <laughs> and the person was totally through the entirety of the shoot. At one point, they came out of the bathroom, and their nose was bleeding. So <laughs> it was not a nice shoot. Yeah. So it was gross. So, yeah, I can imagine. It's it's interesting that, like I said, because you've you've now had like you've got first hand yeah. um, experience of these sort of things. Um, so I've obviously heard it second hand mm. and through things, but to to know that these things are true, it, it's a it's a horrible thing. I've seen it even on the small scale, yeah. which is bizarre. People just like to be, I think, held up as a bit yeah. of a thing. Um, I worked on the um, <clears throat> British wrestling circuit, okay. uh, professional wrestling circuit for for quite a few years. And uh, I was a bit of a job in act, you know, I was mm. out there doing my thing, I really enjoyed it, more of a hobby for me. Mm. But there were guys in there that um, have made really well, like they're, they're big in Japan mm. now, or there's a couple of guys I know that, that you know, have gone off to WWE and all this other stuff. And they were great, and they were professional, yeah. and they sort of took it really seriously. But there's a, a tier below that, yeah. that you never, they, you knew they were never going to quite make that A-list. Right. But they always thought they should do. Yeah. And there were the, like you said, there were the people around them that were saying like, no, you're, yeah. you're amazing and you're our top bill and act and I'll give you yeah. this money and stuff. And they became like just... Monsters. Yeah. They'd yeah. come out and tell you what you were doing wrong in your act. or yeah. in your, And I'm like, you're doing I'm twice your size. I work <laughs> differently. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to dive off doing this or that. So, yeah, people can make monsters. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to see that. So then you moved on to, and you've now done it to, you, well, as you moved on. So horror has always been in, in, in the background yeah. then. Um, so how did the howling, the complete history of the howling come about then? I began it actually in 2004. Yeah. So 20, 2014, sorry. Yeah. And, but I didn't really have the balls to return and do horror because online, obviously, if you Google my name, there are quite a few negative connotations attached to my name so I thought to myself okay no I'm not going to do it and then is that because of the magazine and yeah just people in the old because nobody actually knew who I was so they when I was working with GZ it'd be the people around me that would do say certain things or make certain demands and then people got the wrong impression of me Mm. and most of the time it wasn't me that was saying any of the stuff that was actually saying it was as you said the people around other people Others. and so people got the wrong idea of me yeah so it wasn't just it was i just didn't feel like i was gonna step back good go back and do it so i took time out and mm. then um through a horror one of the a mutual person on twitter that liked my work and liked um uh nick steed's work yeah and started speaking and saying oh by the way all stuff and i thought oh, okay well i'll give it a shot and Yay. Yeah, no. It takes a lot to do it, to stand up and say, well, I'm going to do this yeah. now and I'm going to put myself out there. Because, um, as you say, to anything creative, it's yeah. sort of like it, it, it's putting yourself up to be to be criticised. And yeah. it's, um, um, but no, I think this is great. And it's sort of, it's funny, I spoke to um, earlier in the year I, I, on the podcast, I had uh, Max, got his book up there actually, okay. Hendrix. Okay. Um, uh, Paperback from Hell. Oh, great, Grady Hendrix. And um, 
talking to him, it, it was similar. Like you know, he sort of he's done other books and yeah. stuff, and it was like when I was sort of like, well, I was reading these books mm. and I wanted to do something about it, and it's sort of like you say, you just yeah. and you then you've got to say, well, actually, I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, just, just do it, like you know, um, and taking that first step is mm. quite difficult. So fair play, it's, it's brilliant. It's, 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 it's you know, it looks great. It's a fantastic. Think, yeah. uh, just looking through it, I'm sat, well, just flicking through it now, and it, it looks a really well presented book. I'm loving, I love the art, and I mean. I'm going to say, one of my favourite posters, I had on the wall when I was at university. Oh, I liked it, yeah, yeah. The, the poster to the first Howling film is, is magnificent. Um, a great uh, a great classic poster. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a good series to write about because we, we were talking, we'll get into it now, is um, the films... I'll, I'll, I'll see what you think, actually. I'll, 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 okay. I'll say this and see what you think of this. Yeah. I've seen some of the films. I think there's a couple of the newer ones I haven't watched. And all I can think about in my head is this is a series that seems to have been derailed. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I thought, what else has had that sort of experience? Mm. And two really cropped to mind straight away. And I sort of took put a bit of a note down. But the first one I thought about was like the Amityville films. Definitely, hundred percent. So you know, you get the first two. Well, the mm. first one's I, I really like the seventies Amityville. Yeah. And you get the second one, which is sort of about the TA family. Yeah. 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 And then it just goes mad, and then just <laughs> terrible up until you get like they hire Meg Ryan. <laughs> yeah, you've got like you know, and you've got films now like the, the Amityville Haunting, yeah. the Amityville Dollhouse, Amityville. There's one called the Amityville Theatre, and you're just like, it's not about a fucking house. <laughs> um, and there's others. That that's actually was a British film, was it? So it was actually if you now there was uh, it might not be that one, but is it the one that was in a cinema? Yeah, right. Yeah, one of them's a British company that produced that. They really? also do the Robert movies. Um, yeah, I the think, doll movies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> it's true, though. I think that, you know, the other one I think about is Hellraiser. Oh, definitely. Where, like, you have Clive Barker's yeah. involvement, and then as soon as he sort of steps by, it just goes. After part four, it went, yay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, I've got this spec script, can yeah. we stick Pinhead in it? Yeah, we can. They're just kind of. Churning them out. Yeah. Um, but I always think the, the, the thing that bothers me. I'm glad you agree because I was like, this, mm. this is another one where I think, when you look at um, the, when you look at the core concept, yeah. even the source material for all three of those, yeah. so the Amityville Horror, uh, the Howling, and uh, the Hellraiser series, the core material is fantastic. It is, and they've all got like a really strong start, mm. and then but no one seems to sort of take can take control of yeah. it and stuff. So it, it doesn't have like a help. But when you look at um, you know, the stronger franchises you asked before about what's my mm. go-to it's like Freddy Krueger it's got a theme Halloween yeah. probably a little bit a little bit rocky but you've still got a theme and same with Jason I think it it's, was for um, Halloween went off the rails after part four majority of it. yeah I thought part five actually had some decent stuff in there mm-hmm. but after that one it was like okay with the four yeah. and it was yeah. like yeah Let's go a bit ghosty. So. It, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. They had some good ideas, and I like the fact it's interesting. They say, you know, behind the scenes, um, you, you have the cowboy in black, yeah. and, and then the druids, and then no one ever mentions yeah. it again. Um, what was that all about? I thought the, the druid guy was a black guy at first, because there was. Um, I, I'm sure he, he looked black in the um, in part five in yeah. parts, and and then. He's white. He was the doctor then, from yeah. in parts. It's it's really not yeah. picked up. And like, it's, okay. Yeah. Just don't ask. I know. Don't ask. 
It's one of those, like, yeah. is, is, is Michael Myers dead? We don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about they it. They did say that, because they, they said the director's version mm. of Part 6 was the best. Mm. So, I watched it, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't like it oh, really? at all. Yeah, I preferred the one that was released. The theatrical version, so, a bit yeah. tighter sometimes. I yeah, I just think they just should have removed the entirety of the, the triangle out, because mm. that just was a bit... Ugh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you can see that, you know, I'm hoping this year they'll take control of it again and yeah. we'll, we'll see what comes of it. But I would love someone to do that with the howling. Yeah. Um, but let's get into it. I mean, let's talk about the series. I mean, okay. it's clearly ignited your, mm. your, your, your excitement to talk about it. Um, so what what is it about the Howling series that sort of you know intrigues you the most and to uh, write about it? Howling 4 was probably the first werewolf movie I'd actually ever seen. Oh, really? So, yeah, so... Um, when I watched it, I just loved the special effects towards the end. Mm. So everyone says it was a terrible movie. Um, and, yeah, I can see that. But I, for some reason, I've always really liked it. So, and I actually preferred that out of any of them. And then I liked part two mm. for um, just the balmy reasons. Because <laughs> it's a mad movie. So, and I do like part one, but not as much as those three. I think part one was brilliant, but because I came to that... A long time after Later. that. Later, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't... It's not like, you know... Your expectations for the tone of the series was slightly different. To yeah, I don't know. I think it, the the original was is an amazing movie. I think it's mm-hmm. miles better than American Werewolf in London. But it still didn't have... Because I think when you watch, as you said, when you watch your first horror movie, then it doesn't matter what comes before or goes after. That is the one which you've got That's more. the one you'll go to, yeah, isn't it? if yeah, you yeah. liked it, so... Yeah, but I do really enjoy, um, you know, that's probably the reason why, it's because it was the first um, werewolf movie I'd ever watched. Mm. And then after that, the other, the only other um, horror movie I watched was Night of the Demons, which <laughs> is another, I love it. So, and so obviously, Amelia Kincaid is my favourite horror icon, I'm mm. Freddy Krueger. Don't know why, but it's I think it's because I watched Nightmare, Night of the Demons before I watched Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And then... You know, so and I watch critters before Gremlins, so I prefer critters. So it's kind it's, of yeah. It is. It's that happens, isn't it? Though like you it see, is. you'll see something and that sets your expectations and stuff. And again, because I was I was Gremlins before critters. I really yeah. enjoyed critters. I actually think that's another series that I think it gets dafter. It does. But you know, there's, there's, I I, yeah. I have an enjoyment for each of the films in a different Definitely. way. Definitely. Um, but I totally agree with that. Like you yeah. know, you will, you will see certain things that sort of um, set your expectations. Yeah, it ignites you, doesn't it? It does. It does. I mean. The one thing I found fascinating about sort of digging into these films a little bit though is each of the films, each of the films are just very different. Very, very. Like there's you know the even like the tone <laughs> and uh, you know even the concept, they're like they're, each one's almost like is a, well, each one is a standalone yeah. story, um, and that's what is also interesting that you can you can literally dip into yeah. the series, um, and you know if you enjoy four you can watch four and it's it's it's, yeah. a, it's a film in its entirety. And if you enjoy three, you can dip into that and yeah. so on and so forth. Um, which is actually makes it a lot more accessible. I actually am really surprised how many people actually like part three. So, I surprised, I wasn't sure. I surprisingly liked it in a yeah. weird kind of, this is an odd film. I'm going to, I hate it. Oh, really? really dis- I love Philip Moore. I think he's one of the most lovely persons ever. Mm. So that's hence I hadn't got involved with the foreword. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think Joe Dante's a bit of a, a dick. So yeah. I just 
um, he's just rude. So really, yeah, mm. I just got didn't because everyone else says, "Oh, he's really nice," <laughs> but I think he might have got offended that I didn't approach him first mm. for to do with the to do the holding bar. But the only reason I didn't approach him first is purely down to the fact is that everyone else would have already approached him to do it first because there's another holding book that's coming out way after my well it's been it's been written for years but it's just never come out just sat on the shelf so, yeah so I don't know even if it will see the light of day but mm. I wanted to do something slightly different so that's why I went to Philip Moore first then either Joe Dante and I think it upset him so bit, bit, but, um, it's, it's, yeah. it's an odd one to get annoyed about considering you know I wouldn't even say it's it's um you know if, if you're to ask him it's probably not the top of his resume no you know? um but it's it's one of those things it's it's the sequels are all interesting i found three interesting um because from what i understand um i can't remember the guy who directed it and he yeah he, philip. philip yeah so he won he sort of was involved in two yeah but didn't in, in, you know, it's, it's crazy it's got christopher lee in with, yeah. with a weird incest story going on <laughs> and, and stuff Simple, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, he, he didn't seem to enjoy the experience, so he wanted yeah. to make just like his yeah. vision. He didn't. He didn't want to do. Um, when he got hired to do Howling Two, yeah, he didn't really particularly want to do because people would compare Howling Two to the original and go, yeah, yeah. it's either good or it's really bad, and so he didn't really want to do. But he did it, and. He wanted to do something totally different from the first one, and that's how you get Howling Two. But after mm. Howling Two bombed, then he wanted to show what he. Which I find unusual because Howling Two, it's one of those films. It was, I think maybe because you see it in nostalgia now. Cause, yeah. You know, Arrow have released a, a really nice transfer. They have, haven't they? Um, and you, you know you can see that like it's got a cult following. Yeah. And it deserves to be a cult film because it's as balmy as like yeah. you know your Aunt May sort of thing. It's just <laughs> mad. Um, and I think, like you said, films like that from the eighties just and you know, the Alexa don't get appreciated yeah. at the time because exactly. no one was like. But to see Christopher Lee in Shades and trying to call <laughs> is is actually awesome. Um, but yeah, no, the three. There's, there's a there's a part of three which I, I wonder if you you've there's an image in here which <laughs> which, which um, I find, it's one of those where you sort of just go, hmm. I, I I would love to see who came up with. You know, I mean, to be fair, some of the it, uh, everything in part three, Philip Moore. Oh yeah, the three nuns. The three werewolf nuns. Yeah, uh, were intriguing to me. <coughs> um, Philip Moore yeah. wrote it, and the third one he wrote, directed, produced. He actually took the third one to the bank and asked to borrow the money, so <laughs> for the movie because no one wanted it. Yeah. So and he was funded by in Australia. I was going to say, so, is, is it filmed there as well? Yeah, filmed yeah. and funded, because he, he filmed Mad Dogs, Mad Dog, I think it's Mad Dogs yeah. or Mad Dog in the States, in, in Australia, and that's got a huge following as mm. well. So I'm yet to see it, so, but I'm sure it does look really good, ish, good, yeah. in that, in that, for that sort of, decade. Yeah, yeah, for, that, for that time. So, but the concept of, there's a concept in, and this is that thing about saying the source material, so if you go back to The Howling and, and the, you know, the original novels, is that there's this sort of like um, a, a commune of werewolves yeah. that live together in California and you know they entice people yeah. and all sort of stuff. But they are very much like, not to want to harp on another film, but they're American werewolves. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the classical werewolves. Right? Yeah. Um, the moon doesn't seem to have much of a uh, yeah. thing. They are changelings, that sort of thing. I think the only effect that the moon does is a blue moon, isn't it? Or yeah. 
So. But they seem to be able to change yeah. almost at will, and that's yeah, which is good. So, um, that part of the whole mythology really bothers me. It's quite limiting, isn't it? Yeah. Once a month. Yeah, yeah. Time. Once a month, yeah. you're just like, well, you find them for the rest yeah. of the month. There's no real narrative there. Um, but like you say, so the concept there, these things live in the sec- live in secret, yeah. and they live, you know, they've got these communities. I find fascinating. And and like you say, Howling Three taps into that again. Yeah. But the other, I like the fact that it's like, oh yeah, well they're the American ones because they make a reference, yeah. to, don't they? Oh, there's a, we think there's a commune community yeah. in California. <clears throat> but in three, you find out there's an Australian yeah. community and then there's a Russian community. I <laughs> know. Oh, um, but I quite like this idea that well, that they're actually each one is a uh, isn't just a werewolf. Yeah. They are descendants of animals or they yeah. become the were creature for that region, which yeah. actually makes sense. And they interbred, didn't they, with yeah. the, what's that creature called? Tiger the tiger wolf yeah. or something like that. Tiger wolf, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Which, you know, when you think about it, that the Russians have got some like timber wolf, that's what they call. The Americans have got the American wolf yeah. and they have this tiger wolf. In Britain, we'd probably have sort of like, you know, the stoat or a badger, <laughs> were badger. Yeah, it'd be yeah. really boring. But I love that concept. Yeah. And although the budget doesn't quite live up to the idea. Yeah, no, that's a shame. I think that concept is amazing. It is, yeah. And so much of that, that's what I would be mining into. Is yeah. Like, oh, there's this whole network of were creatures across the globe <laughs> yeah. that could, you know, that sit behind and it's like, oh, that's, that was incredible. Um, but yeah. So I look, think it's, it's the, the, with part three, it's the humour that kind of gets lost in part. Mm. And I think, because um, when I first watched it, it was the well when I first watched it, I did not know what the hell I was watching. So, but I was very young, yeah. And I have been, but when I write, started writing the book, I did go back and rewatch it, and I understood it and appreciated what he was trying to do. Mm. It was kind of like Scream Three before Scream came around. Mm. So, yeah, because it gets really meta. Yeah, it does. Like she becomes a scream queen. Yeah, I, I like the director. Like you got the the Bernie yeah. director guy. Uh, the um, Hitchcock yeah. type style. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's all these in jokes. Again, yeah. like I say I, I didn't. I was expecting like a low budget straight horror, yeah. and um, as soon as it starts to do that, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is this is a tongue in cheek kind of, that, and that's why I quite like it. And that it's yeah, it, me too. It, it quite it's quite silly. It doesn't take itself yeah. seriously. And so when those three werewolf nuns turn up at the party, <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm all in on this. Death base is so amazing. Yeah. They're so rubber. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like you say, he, you know, that was his vision, yeah. and, and I think it's sort of, um, um, but it doesn't seem to be enough to have spurned on the, the no. franchise after that. It seems uh, sort of well, that flopped as well, so mm. it did terrible. Um, oh really? Yeah, and because he actually at that time owned the rights to the third movie because mm. he bought everything up from Hemondale, and so that's why it was released different company and all that. Um, then Clyde Turner bought it from part four onwards. Right. So he makes all the rest bar reborn. Yes. So. Okay, so it's, 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 it's had a bit of consistency throughout. Yeah. It's, um, well, it's, it's had the same producers from the original Yeah. Um, all the way through, but they don't do anything. They just sell the name to other different companies. So So what about the original author, though? Um, He's dead. But um, what involvement did he have? Though? None. Um, he, uh, the original one... He sold the rights to um, the first company. Yeah. Um, and then he wrote part two um, with the producers, but didn't like the direction the movie was going in. So he just literally used a clause in his contract to get out 
and went and finished his other book and he's literally just picked a paycheck up and that was just it. Just to sort of use it as a cash in. Yeah. Which is understandable. But I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because you say, you know, Gary uh, Brandner. Yeah. Um, the books do sort of tap into that idea of those yeah. communities and stuff, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I, they I've do. read the first one, I haven't read the other two. And would you recommend them with the books? Um, I'm not a good fan of fiction, mm. so I only read true crime, but for what it he did for that time, I think it was really good. Mm, so, I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, Stir of Echoes is probably the better one. Is that uh, the one did that become? That's what it became the film with. Is that the um, one that became the film with uh, Kevin Bacon or? Oh no, Stir, um, Howling Free Stir of Echoes oh, is the third one. Is which, the series? Yeah, mm. it kind of uses a bit from Howling Two and a bit from Howling the Freaks. So it was kind right. of those two books that you and Reborn a little bit of Reborn of. Got a bit of that. Yeah, so but it they, it hasn't been made, but that's the better of the three. Mm. So the second, because it's totally different from the first two. The first two follow the same character, and the third one is totally different. So right, it's interesting because it's it's um, one of the things that sort of I was thinking about when when um, you know doing around all this was when you look at the other when you look at other um, monsters yeah. in films, the classic monster sort of thing. There's a um, there's a definite there's a definite heritage like things yeah. have got a lineage that you can sort of say okay well you know vampires you go to Dracula yeah. you know uh, Frankenstein's monster well obviously you got most sure it's Frankenstein mm. even zombies have got a yeah. lineage and you can take it back werewolves seem to sort of struggle in yeah. that sense that they go a little bit they flip flop all over the place they do um, they've not been consistent have they no. There's no sort of um, point, like you know. Yeah. There's no one. There's no reference point that goes, "Oh, that's what that is," and yeah. that's what you harken back into. And I wonder why that is, though, because there's some strong books and mm. there's some strong films, like you say, The Howling, American Wife in London, yeah. The Wolfman. But none of them seem to set a point where the what you know, they haven't taken off, like, mm. um, you know, like Terrible Twilight yeah. series, the alterations, or you know, Walking Dead, or that. Werewolves yeah. just seem to be a bit stagnant, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, what you know? Do you think that there's a possibility of something could drop into you know pop culture and with werewolves? Yeah, I don't think so. I think they'd have to really do do something. I don't know. I just don't think people can bite. People really don't bite into werewolves more so than vampires. So I think it's um, they're a little less accessible. Yeah, I suppose, aren't they? And I think it's because of the the type of transformation that mm. they go through. People can't. You know, I don't know. And most werewolves seem more campy. So, yeah. and it's never, they're never really that threatening. Mm. So, and I think it's also to do, it narrows it down because of the moon, because most movies do use the moon as a transformation. Yeah, that, that's a real um, limiting factor, I've got to say. It's, it's something I think, you know, I think people have tried to move away yeah. from it, and you do see there's that move, but I'd love to see, um, I'd love to see someone yeah. try it and do something different and move it because yeah. that'd be quite cool, actually. Um so yeah, so the books are a success, I think. So you know, you've, you, I think this is—I find it fascinating—the whole behind the scenes, I'm, and I'm really looking forward to reading more about some of the others. I mean, other things. I mean, you know, going back, one of the big ones I know about is um, Rick Baker's involvement on the yeah. first one, and then obviously him moving over to do American yeah. Werewolf and leaving it to Rob Bottin. Yeah. Um, but it seems to have worked. I mean, like, you know, yeah. Rob Bottin is 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 no slouch in the special no. effects department. And as you say, I mean, I, 
you you know you think you you prefer the howling. Yeah. I definitely lean into the American Werewolf camp. Yeah. But again, I was introduced to American Werewolf. Yeah. At quite a young age. Um, but the both of them have got really outstanding special special effects. Yes, yeah. um, they are brilliant. I did watch for it was because um, I hadn't watched American Werewolf for years, but when I watched it, because it's more dialogue driven, isn't it? It then? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it takes a long time before you actually get. Well, same as howling. It does take a long time before you get to see anything. Mm. But um, I don't think the the only reason I prefer howling over American Werewolf is because Dee Wallace is so strong as an actress. Oh, she's brilliant. Yeah, she exhausts you, doesn't she? Throughout the entirety of the movie. Yeah. She just really drank. She literally zaps you with all your energy. She is such a strong so, lead, and I have to admit that the the, the that opening scene. Yeah, uh, it is. It's incredible, um, and to open on that, yeah, and then you go from there. Um, you know, it really does. Um, like you see that the opening for sort of ten minutes yeah. hangs over the whole film. Oh, it does. Um, and so it's not like, um, you know, in American Werewolf, it's, it's played more for laughs. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously he loses his best friend, and that comes back and stuff. But it's played more for humour, so you don't, you don't hmm. get the dread. But yeah, there's a whole. Um, the howling is definitely permeated by dread. It is. And, and, and a real sort of. Um, there's like a sexual tension throughout there the whole is, thing yeah. as well, which seems quite apt for the time. Yeah. Um, I do I do th- find it quite an interesting film in that yeah. aspect. I think. I do think, yeah, as you said, I think it's the. Because it begins, isn't it? It's, I think it's because the werewolves are a lot more sexual than mm. vampires. So I, and I think, well. Saying that now, because the va- vampires are seductive, you know. But yeah, but in this film, yeah. in this version, they're, they're animalistic, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. That's um, the animalistic part of it mm. is just, and it goes on. And I think the, I think it's Picard. Um, mm. He's brilliant at how scary he is because he's just really like not a nice character. No, so. yeah, and I like that. that yeah, like, that, that sort of um, you know, when it starts to wrap round, yeah. and, and sort of like you know, you you get the. The pickup and he, she finds that she finds him not spoilers by the way just in case but I, I highly recommend the film but she does she finds him in, yeah. in later on in the in the sort of the medical exactly, room and stuff, yeah. and you see his transformation it's amazing it's really yeah. well done and it's done for um, it's done for grotesque horror it is yeah and um, if you know if you are sat at home at late night watching mm. this then it plays that way it does like, yeah you know um, I there's a, there's a, I don't even think about this but. It, in watching that scene, because I watched it relatively recently, it's almost like the character, he knows the effect that this transformation can have of yeah. other people seeing it. And he's almost he's using that as an intimidation yeah. tool. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, it is. It a real... kind of, it's like kind of the way, do, it, the, how I perceived it, it's kind of, get he gets a huge kick yes. from it. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like, like serial killers and stuff, they get a kick out of, what they do, so he toys with the victim mm. before you know because it. Oh, I like that like, idea. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's, it's him getting his like yeah. kicks out of it, which again plays to that sort of like that sexual yeah. overtone, that power overtone. That I think the undertones that I think run throughout the film. Um, and yeah, I, I do think that sort it's of Ted Bundy as a werewolf. It is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like I like the fact that like you say, they they are werewolves and they are in the community. Yeah. but they've still got, you know. Um, Psychology. They've still got pathology yeah. issues. You know, what I mean, this yeah. guy's a serial killer. Um, the, the the one issue I have with the film, and it's one of those things I think whenever I watch it, 
I always just go, oh, the, the one thing I would change um, is, like I say, throughout the whole film, yeah. it's really good. And then the ending, I find that the ending um, is going to be amazing, I'm thinking. Like, cause she's uh, the dog, the pet poodle. Yeah, it's the fact that, like you say, she, yeah, you know where I'm going. I love the concept of the end, yeah. that she is going to sacrifice herself to reveal yeah. this thing. And then when she turns into a child, like a, yeah. like, say, a poodle, I'm a bit like... The shit, so... Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm like, oh... It, you needed something yeah. a bit more aggressive for that. I think that is one of the lamest parts of the movie, and also the cartoon um, of Marsha and mm. um, uh, Dee Wallace's husband, where they're doing it, and then they turn into a cartoon character. I'm like, Ugh, what is going on there? Yeah, so yeah. I, and the stop animation is okay, but it's still really bad. Yes. So there's those three scenes that I think do let the movie down tremendously. I don't know why they just didn't cut it from the where they the where the foam at the mouth and I wish they'd have just cut it because we didn't really need you to say no it, it's rest. all it's all there it's insinuated yeah. you you get what's going yeah, on yeah exactly no so. I agree um uh and that final scene like I say just a bit more of an aggressive makeup yeah. would have been amazing um but that was Dee Wallace's choice oh she really didn't want to turn into a werewolf under any circumstance in her contract it said that she would not turn into a werewolf so. They said, oh, can we do this? And she agreed to that. Do you have a werewolf, sir? Uh, it's, 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 that's the thing about Hollywood, isn't yeah. it? There's always going to be that little bit of, uh, you've got to say, give and take. And it's sort of, it's one little moment of change. Exactly, yeah. But I think I like the rest of the concept. Yeah. I think it's good. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like I said, at that point, like I say, the series continues. It's still ongoing. I still think there's, the last one was, what, 2004? 14, 12, 11. So yeah, it, it was, was actually made, I think it was 2010 when it was completed and mm. it was 11 when it was released, but we didn't get it till 12 or 13. Yeah, I was going to say, it's 2012, it huge, I think. Yeah, it's a huge the, gap. Yeah. It's been, it's been long enough now. Yeah. And I do think, you know, with the special effects we've got now and, and um, you know, I think, I've, especially with, the, you know, with the things like the Me Too community, yeah. this whole thing about, you know, the sexual predatory nature of Hollywood and stuff, as we've discussed. Yeah. I almost think like the howling is ripe for to be, to be remade yeah. and to be a commentary, and that's one of the things that Hollywood uh, yeah. horror is great at is becoming a commentary on on things. Yeah. Um, so Hollywood, if you're listening, I'm going to give you that one for free. They're actually they are doing a remake. Are they? So, but it's I'm not sure. Um, well, a, com- a French company has bought the name. Okay. Um, and it's still sitting there. Mm. So if this book does really well, then hopefully I'll be able to... We're planning on doing a documentary, and if we can get the rights to do a remake or a reboot or a take on the franchise, then I'd love to get the... Involved. Bo- yeah, yeah, so that would be really good. Because um, we're doing the Vegas tour in October... And that the, sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm really so, jealous of that. Oh my god, I'm really excited. Vegas in October. So, yeah, man. that's awesome. So I'm doing Sin City, and I'm being inducted into the Horror Hall of Fame. There, really? So like, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's um, gonna be amazing. I hope I you, you, you better get some photos up on Twitter. Oh, definitely. Uh, I'll be retweeting so. them bad boys. That's awesome. But, Congrats on that. Yeah. Oh, thank you, mate. But the guy that did special effects for Howling Four, he also did special effects for Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> The Blob and all those movies. Mm. Um, um, Nick Benson, we're doing it, signing together. And yeah, we're talking about collaborating on films. I wouldn't direct because I can't do that. So it would just be like renting the name and then I'd get other people yeah, yeah, yeah. to do it. So, so that's awesome. That sounds really exciting. 
in yeah, Vegas and I so, so when, it's not, when it's cold and wet here I know you're going to be in the desert yeah. and uh, enjoying the well, city at the moment it's tipping it down over there in the states yeah <laughs> no, you can winter in Vegas exactly. you can summer here now yeah, I just love it I know um, so the other thing is like I say I, I, we'll quickly get a plug in for the book so when does the book come out it hits stores 7th of November 7th of November um, and but Originally, they put a pre-ordered. Well, bought it directly from the Horicon, but that folded. Yes. So yeah, very, yeah. that was the same. It was. It was really sad. So. Um, but it'll be on Amazon. Yeah. And uh, Amazon and Waterstones. They they can pre-order it now from Waterstones. Yeah. So yeah, but it'll be in all store shops and stuff like that. So. And uh, obviously, all your other books as well. Yeah. Uh, a case for murder. Yeah. Uh, all different editions are all available uh, on Amazon. The only one that's available now is. Brittany Murphy Files. Okay. The next one's going to be Aaliyah Files, which comes out not next month, the month after. Okay. So it's still been, we delayed it because of interviews. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Um, and they're both available paperback and yeah, Kindle. That's right. So, yeah, so, you know, check them out. Oh, the, the book looks amazing. I'm oh, really impressed you. with it. But this, the, there was something that you and I, we had a bit of a conversation about online, yeah. and uh, um, you inspired me. The video, the DVD sat over there at the moment somewhere. Which one was that one? Vamp. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did watch it. And you liked I it. I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god, such an underrated movie. So it was amazing. I was, um, I got the, I said, and again, Arrow, yeah. bless them. I love Arrow. Arrow videos. They do a good job. They do some amazing stuff. They do. Yeah. So uh, I got it from there. Popped it in, and uh, I was sort of, you know, basically yeah. a recommendation. I thought, I'll give this a go. It looks interesting. I, read, I watched the trailer. I had a flip through. Yeah. And uh, I, I had a look at the music video of um, uh, the amazing Grace Jones. I know. She's she's she's, she's, she's awesome. She is. Um, and then watched it, and I was, I have to admit, I was blown <laughs> away. Like I know. It's such it's hard to describe. It is. It <laughs> but is. it's so good. It's like pop culture all combined into so many minutes of running time. Yeah. So, it's a tight film. It is. And it's it's sort of like um, you know to give you a summary. It's it's the the worst night of three guys' lives. <laughs> That's basically yeah. the, the thing, isn't it? That you know, um, and it, it, I love the fact that tonally it sort of it shifts, but it never feels uneven. No, exactly. Like it starts like a it starts like a sort of like Flat a house. Yeah. yeah, and then sort of gets dark in places, <laughs> yeah. and then sort of picks up again and so. Does. Um, but like the neon colours in it, the character the characters in it. Uh, it's amazing. Vamp is an amazing <laughs> I film. I was really impressed. Uh, and you sort of said you know, at some point in the future might be something you'll do. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do the complete history of the he- um, of Vamp. because so, yeah. it's is one movie which I can rewatch over and over again. So oh, it's amazing. It is brilliant, and um, D.D. Fiker was amazing in it as well. Mm. So she looks so pretty as well. Yeah, so. the, the cast are, the cast is incredible. Yeah, um, and I like the fact that like Grace Jones is an '80s icon that I think is either used really really well or really really poorly yeah. in some films. And she's worked, she's used perfectly in this film. Yeah. Um, and I think she, it's similar in um, the James Bond film, uh, okay. View to a Kill. She just she, she's an assassin in that. She doesn't say anything. Yeah. She's just a sort of like a yeah, presence. Yeah, I was going to say she, she actually doesn't say a word in Vamp except for giggle. Yeah. So. Um, but then like, you watch uh, Conan the Destroyer, where she's yeah. got a full on part. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a bit like, oh, mm, yeah. yeah. Lose the dialogue. Yeah. So. But there's a presence in this. She there's is. a force. She's quite threatening. I think it's because oh, she's very Amazonian. Yeah. So, is that the right word? Amazonian. Amazonian yeah. yeah. She's, That's she's, right. So, 
Yeah, her dance and, um, yeah. you know, the, sort of the fact she sort of exists as a sort of... Um, you, you, it's never explicitly She's like a, mira- a mirage, you yeah, say. Yeah, uh, But you sort of, like, you get hints of, like, yeah. her past and that, that this group, this little small troupe have been together for yeah. like hundreds of years, but it's never explicitly said. Oh, it's, it's really well made. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so thank you for that recommendation. Okay. It's yeah. a corker of a film. I'm glad you watched it. So, uh, uh, yeah, and... Um, so I, you know, I owe you for that. Okay. <laughs> and if, if, when you do that, we'll definitely talk yeah, about definitely. that in the future. Um, because the other one we talked about, and I would love to see, because again, it's another series that's very dear to my heart, um, and I think has got fascinating um, uh, behind the scenes. Yes. Is the Child's Play? Yes, yes. And I'd love to see that as a complete history. That's one thing I'd lo- like to do, mm. um, but because of the rights, are yeah, probably all a... over the place. Um, I. They're split it's, at the moment. Yeah, you, um, MGM, aren't they? Mm. They're rebooting it, and Don Mancini's still not particularly... He wants to continue the story as it is. Yeah. But I didn't like the last two movies. Oh, really? Curse yeah. and Cult? Didn't like Seed. Um, no, Seed's a real mess, isn't it? Yeah, I wasn't a fan of um, the the one after Seed. Yeah. Um, it was all right. Don't get me wrong, it was not that bad, but I just didn't buy into it and then the final one with multiple truckies they kind of got the doll look slightly better than they did mm. the one before because the other one looked bit, like yeah it was a bit the CG is a bit yeah. is a bit cheap in it isn't it it does, it, it does look it, a bit it kind of looked a bit like Katie Price <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it had extra lips and it yeah. was like what's going on goldfish so it kind of didn't I, look I know exactly what you mean yeah it just didn't he looked too fake yeah so, it stands out in the film yeah and then you had the other one where you know, where it became multiple and jumping souls, it kind yeah. of messed with like the mythology. I agree. Um, I think I, I, I kind of, in, I love, I, I weird. I love the first three. Yeah, as a bit of a close trilogy. I think they work really, really well. Um, and that you know they are the very nineties yeah. and that sort of thing. And I like Bride of Chucky. Oh, I did like Bride of Chucky. And then like I say, they've, it's like you say they've lost something yeah like they're trying to it feels like they're trying to find something again like they're still they're yeah. still it's still crazy batshit crazy sort of thing but i do like that some of the behind the scenes yeah. stories I, I actually uh, interviewed and, and spoke with um uh, ed gale okay uh last year um you know the man who was he was obviously the the the, the short actor who was in the chucky outfit Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, the little um. Yes, yeah, so yes, he's the yes, short yes. guy. So he's he was in Howard. He's he's Howard in Howard the Duck. My, one of my favourite movies. Yeah, so it's so bad. It's good. I, I do. I'm a big fan of Howard the Duck as well, and he was also in if you've seen Bill and Ted Bogus Journey. Um, yeah, I have he's, watched. He's in it. that as one okay. of the little, as what a station as one of the little the small characters in that, but he was Chucky. Is the is it was he like like um a little alien in the second one? Yeah, the two aliens. And they combine to make yeah. a big station. Okay, I can't because I remember watching it, but I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's been a few years. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was great, and so he yeah. he was. Re- I mean, you know, he, he's um, he's getting on a bit now, but he was m- more than happy to talk yeah. about it. So he, but some of the stuff he talked about behind the scenes mm. um, was so fascinating. Mad, well, he he's done. He did the longest. I don't know if it's still the case, but he did the longest on fire. Okay. Still oh, from part one. In part one. Do you know how they used the doll? Well, people in suits mm. in the first one, where he was running around the hospital and all that. I thought that they haven't that film for special effects with the Chucky doll. Mm. I don't think they ever hit the spot no. from the first movie. I don't know why. 
So he was involved um, in the first two. Yeah. Um, I love part two though. That's the best. Oh, it's my favourite yeah. as well, actually. I think it's, it's oh, iconic. A, yeah, it becomes yeah. like a daft slasher film. It does, right? it's yeah. Great bits. Um, but uh, no, he talks about this when they're on fine, how they built like in a large set, so we, you know, it's oh, yeah, yeah. perspective and all sort of stuff. Um, and he says, like he says, it, it was it was a crazy set, you know, it, it, you know, and um, they had certain timescales to do certain things and all sort mm. of stuff. Um, it, it, it sounds fascinating. Like, yeah. when he was talking about how he did it, and the, he had a bit of a falling out with uh, the production company in the third, okay. for the third film and stuff. So I said, behind the scenes, yeah. it's fascinating. So yeah, the, um, and another podcast I listened to called uh, the Launchpad. Okay. Uh, Matt and Aaron on the show, on the Launchpad, great guys, both sort of work in special effects. Yeah. Uh, and they actually had um, oh, what's the guy's name? The director. Dominic. No, oh, was, Fright Night. Um, yes. Director Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. Excellent, Paul. Good Paul. Um, yeah, they had him on. Yeah. Recently, and he was talking about all the different things and sort of how he's he did brilliant. Sort of I like. He's amazing. Yeah. Oh, he was talking about. Like you say, Fright Night yeah. and um, uh, Psycho Two, he did, and 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 Charles. Those Clay. two are really good movies as well. Oh, they and are. Fright Night is amazing. Yeah, uh, I got Fright Night on DVD. It's upstairs in the attic, but there's a, um, a I think it's Eureka or one of those. I've got a special edition okay, now. Yeah, yeah. And again, I want to get all of that because that's. Oh, Scream Factory. Yeah. Factory. Yeah. So there's some great all these eighties films. Yeah, they're getting revamped, aren't they? And yeah. Tidied up, so yeah. And some of the transfers are, are great, and I, I do think. Some of the Howling films, I'm glad yeah. Arrow has, you know, has done Howling too. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see part four in in both versions, but yeah. uh, I don't know if they've probably still got it kicking around because, yeah, the producer was high on coke, so he's probably been flogged. As we say, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, just, if you, it's in someone's garage somewhere. Yeah, it probably. might have been used to do a few lines. And so <laughs> yeah. The quality, I don't know. So. <laughs> Can't use the third act. Yeah. It's unusable. <laughs> it's smeared. It's very scratched. So. Yeah, that would be really interesting. But, um, but yeah, that'd be cool, because the special effects in part four are absolute, towards the end... The wolf is absolutely amazing. It is, and we'll so, say that because that's going to be for the that's going to be for our Patreon subscribers. So we will be okay. talking about that, and that'll go out to our patrons. If you want to listen to that, to me and Bryn talking about that, then you know you've got to pay up. I'm afraid, <laughs> uh, but you're right though. I think yeah. I think it does warrant it because I think four is an interesting another interesting film. Yeah, definitely in the franchise. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of start to wrap this up a little bit there. But okay, again, cool. so I say the book is out seventh of November. Yeah. You're off gallivanting around uh, around Vegas before yeah. that. And we're but... doing a premiere in London of Howling Free, because um, it's the anniversary. Really? So we're, um, we are going to, because I've got to speak to Philip Moore, uh, and we're trying to get, because we're going to do it at the next HorrorCon, mm. um, but because that's not that's on the going, yeah, we're going to try and get a cinema to do um, the UK cinema premiere of Howling Free, so yay. I'd happily be coming along to yeah, that. You're That'd be awesome. Definitely. That'd be amazing. Um, so you've heard it here, folks. That's what we're working on. I highly recommend, you know, get out, try some of these films. They are batshit yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Different tones. Yeah. But there's something, I think each one of them has something to take yeah, away. Yeah, definitely. Maybe not Reborn. <laughs> no. I, Reborn's great if you like Dawson's Creek. So <laughs> it, it, is, it is Dawson's Creek, but with werewolves. Yeah, so. just about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but Bryn, thank you very much. No, thank you last, very much. last little plug. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, my other book, um, Case for Murder Earlier Files, comes out in two months' time. 
I'll have to let you know, you know the date. So. Let me know the dates and we will get those out and we'll, we'll, I'll make sure everyone's aware of that as well. Brilliant. But thank you very much. No, and um, yourself. Um, thank you for everyone listening. Uh, you know, we appreciate it. And check out Bryn. You're on, you're on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, Bryn, CJ Hammond um, and my website, brynhammond.co.uk. Okay. And Fox, Miami Fox Publishing. Yeah. Check out everything on there. Um, and like I say, it's got all the dates and all the release information for... Um, the complete history of the howling and the murder uh, case for murder books as well so please check those out and please check us out get in contact if you actually want to ask Brian anything through us uh, please email me I'm uh, 20th century geek at gmail.com uh, and we're on twitter at 20th century geek and then just 20th century geek on all the social medias We've got facebook uh, instagram and uh, tumblr as well so if you want to find the, the podcast we're on all podcast catchers itunes podbean and the rest and of course, as I said, for those people that want to throw a couple of coppers our way, we are on Patreon and we really appreciate all of our Patreon uh, subscribers. So, guys, thank you very much for listening. Brent, thank you very much for coming no, along. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful catching up. And, uh, guys, we'll catch you again next time. <laughs>